Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the... Wait, do I do a pause? Do I do a WT? I think uh, you still do it, because I was listening to the other ones, and you did the... You used to do it really like, that time when? But now, oh, yeah. I, now it's just normal, and now you're just like, that time Maybe when should... edition. Okay, right, we're going to try it again, but we're just going to keep rolling. Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to the that time when WT. F1 <laughs> podcast, and it is that time when Vettel won a crazy Hungarian Grand Prix. Now joining me in the time capsule, are you going to do this? Is novel? Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder. How's it going, Tommy? <laughs> I'm fine. I thought I do think you're going to do the whole podcast. Like that, I think we should. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. So of um, course it is the Hungarian Grand Prix coming up this weekend, and we thought we'd reflect on some crazy stuff that's gone on around the uh, streets of, well, not streets, but track in Budapest. And I think this track, people think, is a bit of a meh, but actually has provided some bangers. Quite, quite Lots stellar of races. Bangers. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? People think it's Monaco without the walls, people call it. But there's been so many entertaining races, and this one in particular, by the way, I don't understand what it is about it. But it is so underrated. There's no mention of it. There's no highlights even of it on YouTube. Uh, I guess it was pre F1 YouTube channel days, but still, people tend to mention 2014 when Ricardo won. But this race, in my opinion, is crazier, it's better, massively underrated. And you'll see why when we go into it, because boy, does a lot of stuff happen. It really does. And uh, I'm looking forward to reflecting on it with uh, the founder right here. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's look at what Formula One was in 2015. Well, should we? Do we really? Do we dare look back at the Mercedes dominance? But it was in fact the second year. <laughs> Every year of, starts uh, with Mercedes dominance. Yeah, of Mercedes uh, dominating. Uh, Vettel was very impressive in his first year at Ferrari, and young old, young old. Young Max Verstappen <laughs> was uh, having his first year in Formula One driving for Toro Rosso. Indeed, so, 17 yeah. years old. Very the youngest young. driver ever and ever will be because they've now stopped people doing that. So they will never be, be, 18, be you know? yeah, they'll never yeah. be a younger driver unless they change that rule again. Um, and Max, yeah, was still 17 even in this race. And he was, let's say, fast but crash happy. Yeah, uh, very much his early days of loads of pace uh, would get into the odd um, accident, but showed a lot of potential. And yeah, Sebastian Vettel, who, uh, as you said in the title, wins this race, extremely impressive in his first year at Ferrari, actually. And uh, this was the era where Vettel joined Ferrari and everyone was suddenly like, after him dominating in the Red Bull, everyone suddenly thought, Oh, wow. Sebastian Vettel's really funny, a really nice guy. It was that era where he was always in the press conference <laughs> yeah. with the two Mercedes drivers kind of picking fun at them and making jokes and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was a funny era, and Vettel was very good. It was the the Hamilton Rosberg Vettel was the Hambot Ver of the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Much, so. uh, those three loved a press conference. Uh, so it's worth mentioning, yeah, so this was the first F1 race uh, since the sad passing uh, of Jules Bianchi. So there were some lovely lovely tributes before the race. Uh, all the drivers stood around with their helmets on the ground, didn't they? And Yeah, uh, and Bianchi's in the middle, which in my opinion, we'll get, we'll get into this, but 
I wonder how much this contributed to the craziness of this race that perhaps I know Formula One drivers are built different and um, can block these things out. But I do wonder how much, and it was the right thing to do, of course, you had to pay tribute to to Bianchi who'd uh, recently passed, but to stand on the grid, essentially mourn your lost colleague and then get into a Formula One car and drive a race. Uh, I know a lot of people said after the race that I wonder how much this contributed to them because it must have, however much you try and block it out, it must have been in your heads like a very emotional moment, start a race, and then you get straight into your car and have to drive a Formula One race. Yeah, that that must, even for the most mentally prepared athletes, uh, I don't think there's a bigger challenge than having almost you question your own mortality just before you go and uh, go racing. So, oh yeah, I wonder if the the timing of that was uh, maybe uh, slightly off, but either or, it was a it was a lovely tribute, and um, yeah, Absolutely. it was uh, yeah very sad for for Jules to to, to pass. Um, so yeah, so now looking towards uh, what happened after qualifying. So Mercedes were one two shock uh, <laughs> by a with, mile again. Seven yeah. seven tenths. Hamilton was clear of Vettel in third. It's just quite obscene. quite a lovely gap to uh, slot in, wasn't it? If you were a Nico Rosberg or whatever, trying to <laughs> yeah. Well, Rosberg was half a second slower than his teammate and still was P two. That was the that was the beauty there. of being Rosberg's teammate. Do you think Rosberg would have won the title that year? Not this year, obviously, but the year that he did, twenty sixteen, wasn't it? Yeah. If there was another team to slot into a gap closer than half a second. Yeah, that's the thing. You just all you really needed to be is not to. Um, count out a title because you know you have to be good to win a title Um, but the fact that you can have an absolutely abysmal race and still finish second um, spoiler alert it doesn't happen in this something it has this shows how bad it has to go this race proves how bad it has to go for Mercedes not to be one (laughs) too It really does. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were treated to uh, to an absolute thriller. So Sebastian Vettel started third uh, on the grid, and as the lights went out uh, on Sunday race day, it was chaos from the absolute beginning. You had Felipe Massa lining up in the wrong grid spot, uh, which yeah, so he had to do another lap. Uh, so he just they did the start. He got into the wrong grid spot, and then as they normally do when they do an abandoned start, it uh, they had to go around again. And then and it was went he from sent, 70 laps to 69 or... Yeah, he started at the back, I believe. Um, but yeah, he got a, got a penalty as well later on for it. Not ideal. Not ideal yeah. if you're Felipe Massa uh, getting on the wrong grid spot. Uh, and then at the beginning, the Ferraris jumped the Mercedes. Yeah, wild. <laughs> Both which of was, them. Yeah, which was tight as well, wasn't it? They were running about two millimeters apart uh was it Vettel and Hamilton going down towards turn one yeah it was uh it was very close indeed but yeah the Ferraris hung it round the outside didn't they at turn one uh to allow the uh the little switch not switcheroo but the swooperoo I'm going to call it around the outside yeah yeah it was a good move from Vettel to get the lead and then Hamilton ended up from pole <laughs> and being on pole by an absolute mile ending up p4 after like the first sequence of corners you had, um, it was Vettel leading, Raikkonen second, Rosberg third. Hamilton yeah, so Raikkonen fourth. went up the inside, didn't he, at turn two, which uh, I think it's because Hamilton locked up slightly. Yeah. And uh, which opened the door for, for Kimi. Kimi. 
Kimmy so then after three. two corners, yeah, both the Ferraris are through. And then, yeah, it got very tight, didn't it, between uh, Rosberg and Hamilton, as it always yep, did. Into the old chicane, Hamilton didn't really settle for P4. He tried to... He got squeezed a little bit, but he's never going around the outside of that tight chicane on lap one. And he just got pushed into the gravel or, or grass and ended up having to go straight over that chicane. And uh, it dropped him all the way back to P10. And you still think at that point, Hamilton can win. Oh, yeah, I, definitely. You, it's one of those the, things. The dominating yeah. era that this was, you're like, ah, Mercedes can still win by three laps. No problem. Um, so, yeah, Hamilton uh, down to 10th. And Nico Hulkenberg, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, again. the uh, obviously uh, the record holder of the... Oh, will, he get a podium? will he get a podium? a podium? We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, will he get a podium this time out? We will see. Uh, but he was up to P4 from 11th at the start. So that was quite quite the start from Nico. Hell of a start. But that wasn't the end of the chaos. Lap 19, Raikkonen's onboard camera flies off the car. And there was this team radio <laughs> chat, wasn't there, where Kimmy was saying something as big as just flown off the car. Engineers come back to him and gone, well, we can't see anything. It must have been a small piece. And Kimmy's like, no, it's it was big. And it turned it's out to be a humongous piece. His onboard yeah. camera. Yeah, they used the cameras for aero back then. Uh, the the kind of front cameras on the nose cone were slightly raised above the nose cone and they used them as almost like an aero piece. So the fact that the camera flew off wasn't just a case of, oh, we don't get Kimmy's on board. It meant he had, did have a uh, imbalance in the aerodynamics as well. So it wasn't just the fact that we didn't get any onboards. You're on imbalance. Love that. Love that. <laughs> term. Uh, also on lap 19, we had uh, Maldonado and Perez collide, uh, in which, mm. of course, Pastor Maldonado received a penalty. His first, man was, yeah, first penalty. <laughs> first and only penalty in uh, Formula One, right? For, yeah. Well, you joke, but it's not, it's not even his first penalty in this race. Oh, um, dear. Yes, he had quite the... Uh, they ran wide. Malden and I didn't give any room. They banged wheels coming out of turn one, and it sent Sergio off, and uh, Pasta was given a penalty driving for he was driving for Lotus at the time. Good old Lotus. Good old. They Lotus. weren't bad, were they back then? No, uh, they they were on their way down. <laughs> Uh, which, 2014, they had... 2013 was when they were. 2013 really good, was it? when they were good. When it was Kimi and Grosjean. Uh, Maldonado joined them when they were sort of spiralling downwards. <laughs> Getting a little bit worse. Uh, and Maldonado, I'm sure, did not help uh, the situation. Uh, Grosjean also got a penalty for an unsafe release in the pits. And uh, by that point, Hamilton had also made its way up to fourth behind Rosberg. So Easy. it was still the two Ferraris, <laughs> Vettel from Raikkonen, and then you had Rosberg and then Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Ham- Hamilton... Exactly as you said, it didn't take him long to just breeze through the midfield. I mean, this is... At the Monaco we, with no walls. Let's yeah, even, well. at, even at this track that's difficult, yeah, he's, he's got a car that's well over a second faster than them all. So um, makes his way back up to P4 and puts a bit of pressure on his own teammate. Oh, wonder what will happen. We'll find <laughs> out. Uh, then there's a safety car. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen reports uh, a loss of power as well. I think they tried to pit him, didn't they? And and stick a big old motor in the back and see if that could basically <laughs> reset and yeah. uh, 
give him some more power. What was the safety car actually for? Was that it was the Hulkenberg, Hulkenberg. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, so it was Hulkenberg, Hulkenberg where uh, his front wing just similar to how uh, <laughs> kind of similar, I suppose. Although uh, the, the video I'm thinking of is the Toro Rosso losing both of its front wheels at China. Not quite that, but obviously the same kind of visual effect where the uh, there's just a lot of smoke at the front of the car. The car goes kind of down or I guess up and then down because it mounts underneath uh, with that front wing. But uh, of course, with with Hulkenberg having that, <laughs> there was absolutely no chance of him stopping it as he was basically on a skateboard. Yeah, it was such a weird incident. They said after the race that it was something due to the curbing. But it was such a bizarre incident where it does look like his front wing just falls off for absolutely no reason. And we'll say it now, it's another Hulkenberg moment of what might have been. We can't say that he bottled it, though. No, exactly. Not this time. He didn't bottle it. It was a car failure. But to add insult to injury, um, the person running behind him, shall we say at this point, no spoilers, finishes the race P2. So it's very much... uh, that could have been it, but oh, for whatever every reason. Every single that time when we do. It's like, Nick Hulkenberg could have had a podium in this race. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is all the crazy, well, I guess because we cover the crazy races as well. They're the ones that he always does really well, then something happens. So I think we should do a that time when, when he just had a solid seventh place position <laughs> and uh, and just and yeah. actually finished the race. Uh, so, of course, after that incident, the VSC was deployed, which then became the full safety car. Big drama. Uh, So with 20 laps to go, uh, the safety car restart order was Vettel, Raikkonen, Rosberg, Hamilton, and then Ricardo. Uh, Rosberg takes away P2 from Raikkonen. Was he still having issues at this point? He was. He he was a sitting duck, really. He was dropping back through the field, and it wasn't long before he retired with the issue because he just had no power. No power. No power for Kimi. Uh, And then Hamilton is battling Ricardo, who's... I mean, why is Ricardo on the back of Hamilton at this point? Just it's the safety car restart. It's, so it's straight, straight after the safety on. car. Hamilton, um, not caught sleeping, but Ricardo gets a good run out the corner. I think um, he's caught Perezing now. Really? Yeah, so, <laughs> is that new, the new <laughs> phrase? Um, yeah, he's going round the outside of Hamilton, and Hamilton just has that classic understeer moment. Slams loves an understeer of, moment, doesn't he? Yeah. Of a Red Bull as well. Again, yeah. he sees a Red Bull and suddenly his car just understeers and he goes into the side of him. Uh, it happened, seems to happen a lot, but there we go. Um, Hamilton, yeah, into the side of Ricardo. Uh, he's given a drive through for this, breaks his front wing as well. So it's kind of double pain. So he has to pit for his front wing change and he's also getting a drive through. Very harsh penalty for those when you actually think of maybe what it would have been given in this now, day and age. I, now I think it's a five second time. Penalty, yeah. You'd say. The drive through is, you know, pretty, pretty hefty. Um, so yeah, Hamilton was given a drive through, but of course he had to be in the pits again because of his front wing. So safe to say it wasn't going very well for Hamilton. No. Uh, and then Rosberg starts catching Vettel for the lead. And you're thinking, well, this is it. Mercedes are going to win <laughs> again. Rosberg's catching Vettel, but, Vettel's resisting the pressure at the moment. Just about. Well. Just, Just about. about. Uh, let's also bring up Pastor Maldonado again, shall we? Uh, who got two more penalties. <laughs> what did he do? Uh, so, as you'll remember from earlier, Maldonado uh, crashed into the side of Sergio Perez and he was given a drive-through. And as he came in for that drive-through, he sped in the pit lane. 
so they gave him another penalty. Um, <laughs> so he sped in the pit lane during his drive through, and then during that safety car period, he also sped behind the safety car. Um, so he had then had another penalty, and it's actually to this day, and it's the most Pastor Maldonado record. Of course, he has this record. It's the most penalties for any driver in a Formula One race uh, to get three penalties in the same race is a record and. I pray that that record stays intact because only one person deserves that record and it's Maldonado. <laughs> it has to it, it has to be his. I bet forever. he's got a plaque or something in uh, in his living room <laughs> just says yeah. most penalties. So, so no one else has had three penalties in a no, race. No, I was surprised by that. I was like Sonoda picked up two just by crossing the pit pit entry line twice yeah. in Austria that time. I was thinking, oh, maybe if he just yeets someone he can join the <laughs> the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Wow, no, no one's had three it. penalties. The only one with three penalties in a race. Good lad. Good lad. Uh, so other things that went on, Kimi Raikkonen finally retired with his problem and uh, Verstappen was given a drive through. He was. Um, not a, not particularly a very interesting, it was just a very unlucky thing where he went a little bit too fast behind the safety car and they've obviously got to stick to a delta time and uh, he got a drive through for essentially not sticking to that delta and driving a bit too fast. They loved a drive-through back then, didn't they? They absolutely yeah. loved a drive-through. Do you prefer five-second t- time penalties or drive-throughs? See, for me, a dri- uh, it depends what it is. Um, not just saying this because it was Verstappen, but a drive-through penalty uh, is quite excessive for that, uh, in my opinion. And same for the Hamilton incident where he's just understood and gone into a car. It's not malicious. Drive-through seems like one of those things where you've just done something really really bad uh and it slows you down quite a lot uh, but simple mistakes i don't think should be warranted with such a harsh punishment so i think it's fair now that they give five seconds for things yeah agreed uh so now moving into the final few laps you get more chaos uh, <laughs> the top three was battling for the win you had vettel ahead of rosberg ahead of ricardo and they were all two seconds apart danny rick decides, you know what? Screw this Mercedes dominance. I'm going to dive bomb Rosberg. And uh, they then make contact. Danny Rick, I think, just clips uh, the was it left rear, one of the rears of, of Rosberg out, out of turn one. Yeah, so he dives down the inside and the nature of Hungary turn one, that kind of long hairpin, he, Ricardo comes back onto the track and Rosberg sort of just takes his normal line as if Ricardo's not there. It is, obviously. Ricardo should have probably seen it coming as well. Um, but then when Ricardo comes back on track, he just clips the front wing slightly, damages the front wing of um, Ricardo, who has to pit, and then Nico Rosberg ends up with a puncture. Not good. A lot of chaos. A lot of collisions. No. Uh, other things that went on, Verstappen passed Alonso for P4, and bearing in mind Alonso is in a McLaren Honda, <laughs> uh, which was a tractor. Uh, it was. Then. Yeah, they qualified 15th and 16th for the for the record, <laughs> so that's how bad they were. They were they were clearly the worst team apart from Sauber and Marussia that season. So, um, yeah, they were really, really, really poor. So Alonso being up in P4 kind of says... <laughs> everything you needed to know about how insane that race was. Absolutely. So come the, the checkered flag, Sebastian Vettel won. He 
probably was one of the only drivers not to have an issue as well. So it was quite a, quite a, would you say a uneventful race for Sebastian Vettel? Was he just, yeah, he was doing his thing. Genuinely the only one I go through the whole order later and like pick out everyone that had an issue, but he genuinely was one of the only people in the entire race to just have a, you know, got into the lead at the start. It was only really Rosberg putting him under a bit of pressure in the middle of the race where it ever thought he was going to have an issue. And um, one thing that's worth mentioning as well is obviously Sebastian Vettel winning for Ferrari. Uh, Jules Bianchi was obviously a Ferrari junior as well, and he he paid tribute to Bianchi on the radio. And it seemed quite fitting that, you know, Ferrari would would win and they got to like celebrate that and and kind of pay tribute to Bianchi. Yeah, it was a very nice team radio. Uh, so after Sebastian Vettel, Danny Kvyat still took P2 despite being given a 10-second time penalty for track limits, uh, which just shows <laughs> how the big, the, the big gap between all the drivers after all the collisions and front-wing yeah. changes and punctures. Uh, yeah. And P3 and he was, was the guy that was behind Hulkenberg when Hulkenberg had his uh, front-wing failure with only 20 laps to go. Mm. So it was a, probably it was, it was on, on there, uh, yeah. Absolute set on podium uh, for Nico Hulkenberg. I'm sure he doesn't think about it at all when he goes to bed. No, definitely not. Not at all. Yeah, he's just listening to these that time when's like, forgot. Can you stop making this about <laughs> me for once? Yeah. Um, and then in P3, despite the collision, Danny Rick finished uh, on the podium. So, uh, yeah, quite the um, quite the eventful race. Uh, Verstappen finished P4 despite uh, getting the drive-through penalty, and it was actually the first time since 2013 Brazil that there was no Mercedes on the podium. Yeah, and it was actually one thing that was quite interesting. It was a good day for the Red Bull driver program because Vettel, Kvyat, Ricardo, and Verstappen were all Red Bull protégés, if you like. So it looked great on them that essentially they'd finished one, two, three, four. Um, it was Torosso's best result since the 2008 Italian Grand Prix. Verstappen was one of those drivers, again, that thought without that drive-through, he could have potentially ended up on a podium for Toro Rosso, which would have been crazy. Uh, and that put a little bit of pressure on <laughs> Red Bull uh, to promote him, despite the fact that Kvyat was uh, up there in P2. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, impressive stuff. And the race was so insane that the McLaren Hondas finished fifth and ninth, which for them was... It was some of the only points they scored all season it was that that chaotic um but yeah there's no way alonso should have finished fifth but he still <laughs> finished despite all those late safety cars 50 seconds behind sebastian vettel in the winner which shows just how slow that car was and how chaotic the race needed to be um yeah if you go through the order sebastian vettel obviously won was fine Kvyat, despite the 10-second penalty, second. Ricardo had loads of incidents. He was third. Verstappen had a drive-through. He was fourth. Alonso was driving a McLaren Honda. Hamilton was sixth. He had, obviously, multiple issues. Roman Grosjean had a drive-through. He was seventh. Rosberg had a puncture and loads of issues. He was eighth. Jensen Button in a McLaren Honda was ninth. And Marcus Ericsson just in a slow salber. So it was crazy. So many incidents. Mercedes still somehow <laughs> finished sixth and eighth, despite having loads of issues, punctures, drive-throughs, everything. And it showed exactly what, what you need 
what we needed that season because it was a pretty boring season it has to be said maybe that's why this race is forgotten about well i can't personally wait for a few years time when we do that time when for last year 2021 because uh we're not on uh, well i love how just yeah. there's so many crazy things that go on around this uh, hungarian gp circuit it also seems as though we might get some changeable weather conditions for for this weekend as well by the looks of things on the weather forecast so uh, yeah bottas will be even if there's one just one droplet of rain you you better believe that bottas is going on heavy wets because i don't think he'll be particularly yeah for the win yeah (laughs) put some money on it do it (laughs) well there you go thank you tommy for your wonderful insight as always and taking us back to when uh, you were what 62 back then yeah any any just, just in my 60s, I think. In your 60s. Oh, well, happy birthday from, <laughs> for them. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching the, this That Time When podcast. Uh, hashtag WTF1 podcast uh, if you want to send us any suggestions on what you would like to hear next time. Uh, you can also email us, can't you, at uh, contact. Uh, podcast at, at WTF1. Podcast these days, at yeah, WTF1.com. Uh, so you can send any suge- uh, your suggestions there as well. We do read them all. And uh, yeah, that is it. Thank you so much for listening and watching. You're not watching, you're listening uh, to this That Time When podcast. And we'll see you very soon for another episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. We're waving. We're waving. Even though you can't see us.